Welcome to today's podcast. 12-step meeting. Reading of Alcoholic Anonymous material. I'm Fernando, alcoholic, your secretary for this meeting. Let's go ahead and open it with a moment of silence followed by the serenity prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change those things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Amen. Let's go ahead and get started. Turn to page 24 in your AA Big Book, please. The paragraph where it starts, the fact is that most alcoholics, for reason yet obscure, have lost the power of choice in drink. Our so-called willpower becomes practically non-existent. We are unable at certain times to bring into our consciousness with sufficient force the memory of the suffering and humiliation of even a week or a month ago. We are without defense against the first drink. The almost certain consequence that follows taking even a glass of beer do not crowd into the mind to deter us. If these thoughts occur, they are hazy and readily supplanted with the old treadbare idea that this time we shall handle ourselves like other people. There is a complete failure of that kind of defense that keeps one from putting his hand on a hot stove. The alcoholic may say to himself in the most casual way, it won't burn me this time. So here's how, or perhaps he doesn't think at all. How often have some of us begun to drink in this nonchalant way and after the third or fourth pounded in the bar and said to ourselves, for God's sake, how did I ever get started again? Only to have that thought supplanted by, well, I'll stop with the sixth drink, or what's the use anyhow? When this sort of thinking is fully established in an individual with alcoholic tendencies, he has probably placed himself beyond human aid, and unless locked up, may die or go permanently insane. These stark and ugly facts might have been confirmed by legions of alcoholics throughout history. But, for the grace of God, there would have been thousands more convincing demonstrations. So many want to stop, but cannot. There is a solution. Almost none of us like the self-searching, the leveling of our pride, the confession of our shortcomings, which the process requires for a successful consummation. But we saw that it really worked in others. And we have come to believe in the hopelessness and futility of life as we have been living it. When therefore we were approached by those in whom the problem had been solved, there was nothing left for us but to pick up the simple kit of spiritual tools laid at our feet. We have found much of heaven, and we have been rocketed into a fourth dimension of existence of which we have not even dreamed. The great fact is just this, and nothing less, that we had had deep and effective spiritual experiences which had revolutionized our whole attitude towards life, toward our fellows, and towards God's universe. The central fact of our life today is the absolute certainty that our Creator has entered into our hearts and lives and lives in a way which is indeed miraculous. He has commenced to accomplish those things for us which we could never do by ourselves. 
If you are seriously alcoholic as we were, we believe there's no middle-of-the-road solution. We were in a position where life was becoming impossible, and if we have passed into the region from which there is no return through human aid, we had but two alternatives. One was to go on to the bitter end, blotting out the consciousness of our intolerable situation as best we could, and the other was to accept spiritual help. This we did because we honestly wanted to and were willing to make the effort. This is the how and the why of it. Page 62, please. Last paragraph. This is the how and the why of it. First of all, we had to quit playing God. It didn't work. Then we decided that hereafter in this drama of life, God was going to be our director. He is the principal. We are his agents. He is the father. We are his children. Most good ideas are simple, and this concept was the keystone of the new triumphant arch through which we pass through freedom. When we sincerely took such a position, all sorts of remarkable things followed. We had a new employer. Being all-powerful, he provided what we needed. If we kept close to him and performed his work well. Established on such a footing, we became less and less interested in ourselves, our little plans and designs. More and more, we became interested in seeing what we could contribute to life. As we felt new power flow in, as we enjoyed peace of mind, as we discovered we could face life successfully, as we became conscious of His presence, we began to lose our fear of today, tomorrow, or the hereafter. We were reborn. We were now at step three, many of us said to our Maker, as we understood Him, God, I offer myself to Thee to build with me and to do with me as Thou wilt. Relieve me of the bondage of self, that I may better do thy will. Take away my difficulty, that victory over them may bear witness to those that would help of thy power, thy love, and thy way of life. May I do thy will always. We thought well before taking this step, making sure we were ready, that we could at last abandon ourselves utterly to him. Turn to page 76, please. First paragraph. 76. When ready, we say something like this. My Creator, I am now willing that you should have all of me, good and bad. I pray that you now remove from me every single defect of character which stands in the way of my usefulness to you and my fellows. Grant me strength as I go out from here to do your bidding. Amen. We have then completed step seven. Turn to page 86. 86. On awakening, let us think about the 24 hours ahead. We consider our plans for the day. Before we begin, we ask God to direct our thinking, especially asking that it be divorced from self-pity, dishonest, or self-seeking motives. Under these conditions, we can employ our mental faculties with assurance. For after all, God gave us brains to use. Our thought life will be placed on a much higher plane when our thinking is clear of wrong motives. In thinking about our day, we may face indecision. We may not be able to determine which course to take. Here we ask God for inspiration and intuitive thought or a decision. 
We relax and take it easy. We don't struggle. We are often surprised how the right answers come after we have tried this for a while. What used to be the hunch or the occasional inspiration gradually becomes a working part of the mind. Being still inexperienced and having just made conscious contact with God, it is not probable that we are going to be inspired at all times. We might pay for this presumption in all sorts of observed ideas and actions. Nevertheless, we find that our thinking will, as time passes, be more and more on the plane of inspiration. We come to rely upon it. We usually conclude the period of meditation with a prayer that we be shown all through the day what our next step is to be, that we be given whatever we need to take care of such problems. We ask especially for freedom from self-will and are careful to make no requests for ourselves only. We may ask for ourselves, however, if others will be helped. We are careful never to pray for our own selfish ends. Many of us have wasted a lot of time doing that, and it doesn't work. You can easily see why. If circumstances warrant, we ask our wives or friends to join us in morning meditation. If we belong to a religious denomination, which requires a definite morning devotion, we attend to that also. If not members of a religious body, we sometimes select and memorize a few said prayers which emphasize the principles we have been discussing. There are many helpful books also. Suggestions about these may be obtained from one's priest, minister, or rabbi. Be quick to see where religious people are right. Make use of what they offer. As we go through the day, we pause when agitated or doubtful and ask for the right thought or action. We constantly remind ourselves we are no longer running the show. Humbly saying to ourselves many times each day, Thy will be done. We are then in much less danger of excitement, fear, anger, worry, self-pity, or foolish decisions. We become much more efficient. We do not tire so easily. We are not burning up energy foolishly as we did when we were trying to arrange life to suit ourselves. It works. It really does. Let's turn to page 416 in the big book, please. It helped me a great deal to become convinced that alcoholism was a disease, not a moral issue, that I have been drinking as a result of a compulsion, even though I have not been aware of the compulsion at that time, and that sobriety was not a matter of willpower. The people of AA had something that looked much better than what I had, but I was afraid to let go of what I had in order to try something new. There was a certain sense of security in the familiar. At last, acceptance proved to be the key to my drinking problem. After I'd been around AA for seven months, tapering off alcohol and pills, not finding the program working very well, I was finally able to say, Okay, God, it is true that I, of all people, strange as it may seem, and even though I didn't give my permission, really, really am an alcoholic of sorts. And it's all right with me. Now what am I going to do about it? When I stopped living in the problem and began living in the answer, 
the problem went away. From that moment on, I have not had a single compulsion to drink. And acceptance is the answer to all my problems today. When I am disturbed, it is because I find some person, place, thing, or situation, some fact of my life, unacceptable to me. And I can find no serenity until I accept that person, place, thing, or situation as being exactly the way it's supposed to be at this moment. Nothing, absolutely nothing, happens in God's world by mistake. <clears throat> Unless I could accept my alcoholism, I cannot stay sober. Unless I accept life completely in life terms, I cannot be happy. I need to concentrate not so much on what needs to be changed in the world as on what needs to be changed in me and in my attitudes. Then one day I was told, <clears throat> page 419 please, then one day in AA I was told that I had the lenses and my glasses backwards. The courage to change the serenity prayer meant not that I should change my wife, but rather that I should change myself and learn to accept my spouse as she was. AA has given me a new pair of glasses. I can again focus on my wife's good qualities and watch them grow, grow, and grow. <clears throat> I can do the same thing for an AA meeting. The more I focus my mind on its defects, late starts, drunk logs, cigarette smoke, the worse the meeting becomes. But when I try to see what I can add to the meeting rather than what I can get out of it, and when I focus my mind on what's good about it, Rather than what's wrong with it, the meaning keeps getting better and better. When I focus on what's good today, I have a good day. And when I focus on what's bad, I have a bad day. If I focus on a problem, the problem increases. If I focus on the answer, the answer increases. Page 420, please. Perhaps the best thing of all for me is to remember that my serenity is inversely proportional to my expectations. The higher my expectations of people are, the lower is my serenity. I can watch my serenity level rise when I discard my expectations. But then my rights try to move in and they too can force my serenity level down. I have to discard my rights as well as my expectations by asking myself how important is it really? How important is it compared to my serenity, my emotional sobriety? And when I place more value on my serenity, and sobriety than anything else, I can maintain them at a higher level, at least for the time being. Acceptance is the key to my relationship with God today. I never just sit and do nothing while waiting for Him to tell me what to do. Rather, I do whatever's in front of me to be done and leave the result up to Him. However it turns out, that's God's will for me. I must keep my magic magnifying mind on my acceptance and off my expectations. For my serenity is directly proportional to my level of acceptance. When I remember this, I can see I never had it so good. Thank God for AA. Turn to page 552, please. <laughs> 552. He said, in effect... If you have a resentment you want to be free of, if you will pray for that person or the thing that you resent, you will be free. 
If you will ask in prayer for everything you want for yourself to be given to them, you will be free. As for their health, their prosperity, their happiness, and you will be free. Even when you, you don't really want it for them and your prayers are only words and you don't mean it. Go ahead and do it anyway. Do it every day for two weeks and you will find you will have come to mean it and want it for them. And you will realize that where you used to feel bitterness and resentment and hatred, you now feel compassionate, understanding, and love. It worked for me then, and it has worked for me many times since, and it will work for, the, for me every time I am willing to work it. Sometimes I have to ask first for the willingness, but it too always comes. And because it works for me, it will work for all of us. As another great man says, the only freedom a human being can ever know is doing what you ought to do because you want to do it. This great experience that released me from the bondage of hatred and released it with love is really just another affirmation of the truth I know. I get everything I need in Alcoholic Anonymous and everything I need I get and when I get what I need, I am verily find that it was just what I wanted all the time. Page 100. Both you and the new man must walk day by day in the path of spiritual progress. If you persist, remarkable things will happen. When we look back, we realize that the things that came to us when we put ourselves in God's hands were better than anything we could have planned. Follow the dictates of a higher power, and you will presently live in a new and wonderful world, no matter what your present circumstance. Please turn to page 83. If we are painstaking about this phase of our development, we will be amazed before we're halfway through. We are going to know, know a new freedom and a new happiness. We will not regret the past nor wish to shut the door on it. We will comprehend the word serenity and we will know peace. No matter how far down the scale we have gone, we will see how our experience can benefit others. That feeling of uselessness and self-pity would disappear. We will lose interest in selfish things and gain interest in ourselves. Self-seeking self -seeking will slip away. Our whole attitude and outlook upon life will change. Fear of people and of economic insecurity will leave us we will intuitively know how to handle situations we used to baffle us. We will suddenly realize that God is doing for us what we cannot do for ourselves. Are these extravagant promises? We think not. They are being fulfilled among us, sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly. They will always materialize if we work for them. Turn to page 85, please. It is easy to let up on the spiritual program of action and rest on our laurels. We are headed for trouble we do, for alcohol is a subtle foe. We are not cured of alcoholism. What we really have is a daily reprieve contingent on the maintenance of our spiritual condition. Every day is a day when we must carry the vision of God's will into all our activities. How can I best serve thee? Thy will, not mine, be done. These are thoughts which must go with us constantly. We can exercise our willpower along this line. All we wish it is the proper use of the will. 
Much has already been said about receiving strength, inspiration, and direction from Him who has all knowledge and power. If we have carefully followed directions, we have begun to sense the flow of His Spirit into us. To some extent, we have become God-conscious. We have begun to develop this vital sixth sense, but we must go further, and that means more actions. Page 43. Once more, the alcoholic at certain times has no effective mental defense against the first drink, except in a few rare cases, when he nor any other human being can provide such a defense, neither he nor anybody. His defense must come from a higher power. That was page 43. Once more, the alcoholic at certain times has no effective mental defense against the first drink. Except in a few rare cases, neither he nor any other human being can provide such a defense. Our defense, folks, must come from a higher power. Our defense is strengthened in the meetings, in secretarying and helping and reading the literature, taking it with us all, all over. Let's pray for our sobriety. God, I set aside my sobriety into your hands that you may do with it as you will. Relieve me of the, uh, relieve us of the constant fear of the day and help us to focus on our sobriety this day. We put it into your hands, Father, and Lord, that we may forget the past and live in today and enjoy the beauty of this day in recovery. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, family. Thank you for coming on here today. My higher power is Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Uh, he appeared to me many times as I was searching for a higher power. I would ask questions like, is this true? You know, it's the phenomenon of a craving has gone away, but is this, you know, so I asked, will the true God please stand forward, come forward? And for me, I guess it's because I have a Catholic background, you know, uh, there was, uh, I knew who he was because I knew the many times he was with me in harsh times and my heart recognized him. When they, when I first came into the program and they said, I walked into the program and they talked about God, I knew who he was, but I couldn't focus on him. Because life was running so fast, problems, detrimental, and I was just trying to stay alive. But finally, if there was a haven that I can settle down and have a relationship with my Creator. And it was cool. It was cool. I accepted all the tenets in the, uh, in the Christian stuff. And if my God is worth His salt, He'll come true for me. Do marvelous things for me. Unexpected. And the result has been fantastic for me. So I encourage you, the water's fine. Jump in all the way live. And don't doubt like I did. I doubted for so long and stretched the, the situation. Just say yes, 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 150 times a day to your higher power. And if your higher power is worth his salt, he'll come in and demonstrate his love. His omnipotence, His power, and He'll do things for you that you cannot do for yourself. Meaning, sobriety, lift, fixing the past, fixing the future, 
and, and having fun in today. Take care. I've gone a little far. Now I'm preaching. I hope the person that needs to hear this can hear it. And our hope is that whatever God they choose is they, they stop the muck and the craziness and become helpful persons to themselves, to the community, to their families, and enjoy how life was created to have our basic needs met. Amen. And one of them is literature and respect and having a God we can rely on and lean on. That's humorous, fun, and a happy God. Thank you much. Careful. Take care. God bless you. Keep coming back. Welcome to today's podcast. 12-step meeting. Reading of Alcoholic Anonymous material. I'm Fernando, alcoholic, your secretary for this meeting. Let's go ahead and open it with a moment of silence followed by the serenity prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change those things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Amen. Let's go ahead and get started. Turn to page 24 in your AA Big Book, please. The paragraph where it starts. The fact is that most alcoholics, for reason yet obscure, have lost the power of choice in drink. Our so-called willpower becomes practically non-existent. We are unable at certain times to bring into our consciousness with sufficient force the memory of the suffering and humiliation of even a week or a month ago. We are without defense against the first drink. The almost certain consequence that follows taking even a glass of beer do not crowd into the mind to deter us. If these thoughts occur, they are hazy and readily supplanted with the old treadbare idea that this time we shall handle ourselves like other people. There is a complete failure of that kind of defense that keeps one from putting a hand on a hot stove. The alcoholic may say to himself in the most casual way, it won't burn me this time. So here's how, or perhaps he doesn't think at all. How often have some of us begun to drink in this nonchalant way and after the third or fourth pounded in the bar and said to ourselves, for God's sake, how did I ever get started again? Only to have that thought supplanted by, well, I'll stop with the sixth trick, or what's the use anyhow? When this sort of thinking is fully established in an individual with alcoholic tendencies, he has probably placed himself beyond human aid, and unless locked up, may die or go permanently insane. These stark and ugly facts might have been confirmed by legions of alcoholics throughout history. But, for the grace of God, there would have been thousands more convincing demonstrations. So many want to stop, but cannot. There is a solution. Almost none of us like the self-searching, the leveling of our pride, the confession of our shortcomings, which the process requires for a successful consummation. But we saw that it really worked in others. And we have come to believe in the hopelessness and futility of life as we have been living it. 
When therefore we were approached by those in whom the problem had been solved, there was nothing left for us but to pick up the simple kit of spiritual tools laid at our feet. We have found much of heaven, and we have been rocketing into a fourth dimension of existence of which we have not even dreamed. The great fact is just this, and nothing less, that we had had deep and effective spiritual experiences which have revolutionized our whole attitude towards life, toward our fellows, and towards God's universe. The central fact of our life today is the absolute certainty that our Creator has entered into our hearts and lives and lives in a way which is indeed miraculous. He has commenced to accomplish those things for us which we could never do by ourselves. If you are seriously alcoholic as we were, we believe there's no middle of the road solution. We were in a position where life was becoming impossible and if we have passed into the region from which there is no return through human aid, we had but two alternatives. One was to go on to the bitter end, blotting out the consciousness of our intolerable situation as best we could, and the other was to accept spiritual help. This we did because we honestly wanted to and were willing to make the effort. This is the how and the why of it. Page 62, please, last paragraph. This is the how and the why of it. First of all, we had to quit playing God. It didn't work. Then we decided that hereafter in this drama of life, God was going to be our director. He is the principal. We are his agents. He is the father. We are his children. Most good ideas are simple, and this concept was the keystone of the new triumphant arch through which we pass through freedom. When we sincerely took such a position, all sorts of remarkable things followed. We had a new employer. Being all-powerful, he provided what we needed. If we kept close to him and performed his work well. Established on such a footing, we became less and less interested in ourselves, our little plans and designs. More and more, we became interested in seeing what we could contribute to life. As we felt new power flow in, as we enjoyed peace of mind, as we discovered we could face life successfully, as we became conscious of His presence, we began to lose our fear of today, tomorrow, or the hereafter. We were reborn. We were now at step three, many of us said to our Maker, as we understood Him, God, I offer myself to Thee to build with me and to do with me as Thou wilt. Relieve me of the bondage of self, that I may better do thy will. Take away my difficulty, that victory over them may bear witness to those I would help of thy power, thy love, and thy way of life. May I do thy will always. We thought well before taking this step, making sure we were ready, that we could at last abandon ourselves utterly to him. Turn to page 76, please. First paragraph. 76. When ready, we say something like this. My Creator, I am now willing that you should have all of me, good and bad. I pray that you now remove from me every single defect of character which stands in the way of my usefulness to you and my fellows. 
Grant me strength as I go out from here to do your bidding. Amen. We have then completed step seven. Turn to page 86. 86. On awakening, let us think about the 24 hours ahead. We consider our plans for the day. Before we begin, we ask God to direct our thinking, especially asking that it be divorced from self-pity, dishonest, or self-seeking motives. Under these conditions, we can employ our mental faculties with assurance. For after all, God gave us brains to use. Our thought life will be placed on a much higher plane when our thinking is clear of wrong motives. In thinking about our day, we may face indecision. We may not be able to determine which course to take. Here we ask God for inspiration, an intuitive thought, or a decision. We relax and take it easy. We don't struggle. We are often surprised how the right answers come after we have tried this for a while. What used to be the hunch or the occasional inspiration gradually becomes a working part of the mind. Being still inexperienced and having just made conscious contact with God, it is not probable that we are going to be inspired at all times. We might pay for this presumption in all sorts of observed ideas and actions. Nevertheless, we find that our thinking will, as time passes, be more and more on the plane of inspiration. We come to rely upon it. We usually conclude the period of meditation with a prayer that we be shown all through the day what our next step is to be, that we be given whatever we need to take care of such problems. We ask especially for freedom from self-will and are careful to make no requests for ourselves only. We may ask for ourselves, however, if others will be helped. We are careful never to pray for our own selfish ends. Many of us have wasted a lot of time doing that, and it doesn't work. You can easily see why. If circumstances warrant, we ask our wives or friends to join us in morning meditation. If we belong to a religious denomination, which requires a definite morning devotion, we attend to that also. If not members of religious body, we sometimes select and memorize a few said prayers which emphasize the principles we have been discussing. There are many helpful books also. Suggestions about these may be obtained from one's priest, minister, or rabbi. Be quick to see where religious people are right. Make use of what they offer. As we go through the day, we pause when agitated or doubtful and ask for the right thought or action. We constantly remind ourselves we are no longer running the show. Humbly saying to ourselves many times each day, Thy will be done. We are then in much less danger of excitement, fear, anger, worry, self-pity, or foolish decisions. We become much more efficient. We do not tire so easily. We are not burning up energy foolishly as we did when we were trying to arrange life to suit ourselves. It works. It really does. Let's turn to page 416 in the big book, please. It helped me a great deal to become convinced that alcoholism was a disease 
now moral issue that I have been drinking as a result of a compulsion, even though I have not been aware of the compulsion at that time and that sobriety was not a matter of willpower. The people of AA had something that looked much better than what I had, but I was afraid to let go of what I had in order to try something new. There was a certain sense of security in the familiar. At last, acceptance proved to be the key to my drinking problem. After I'd been around AA for seven months, tapering off alcohol and pills, not finding the program working very well, I was finally able to say, Okay, God, it is true that I, of all people, strange as it may seem, and even though I didn't give my permission, really, really am an alcoholic of sorts. And it's all right with me. Now, what am I going to do about it? When I stopped living in the problem and began living in the answer, the problem went away. From that moment on, I have not had a single compulsion to drink. And acceptance is the answer to all my problems today. When I am disturbed, it is because I find some person, place, thing, or situation some fact of my life unacceptable to me and I can find no serenity until I accept that person placing or situation as being exactly the way it's supposed to be at this moment. Nothing, absolutely nothing happens in God's world by mistake. <clears throat> Unless I could accept my alcoholism, I cannot stay sober. Unless I accept life completely on life terms, I cannot be happy. I need to concentrate not so much on what needs to be changed in the world as on what needs to be changed in me and in my attitudes. Then one day I was told, <clears throat> page 419 please, then one day in AA I was told that I had the lenses and my glasses backwards. The courage to change the serenity prayer meant not that I should change my wife, but rather that I should change myself and learn to accept my spouse as she was. AA has given me a new pair of glasses. I can again focus on my wife's good qualities and watch them grow, grow, and grow. I can do the same thing for an AA meeting. The more I focus my mind on its defects, they start drunk luck logs, cigarette smoke, the worse the meeting becomes. But when I try to see what I can add to the meeting, rather than what I can get out of it, and when I focus my mind on what's good about it, rather than what's wrong with it, the meeting keeps getting better and better. When I focus on what's good today, I have a good day. And when I focus on what's bad, I have a bad day. If I focus on a problem, the problem increases. If I focus on the answer, the answer increases. Page 420, please. Perhaps the best thing of all for me is to remember that my serenity is inversely proportional to my expectations. The higher my expectations of people are, the lower is my serenity. I can watch my serenity level rise when I discard my expectations. But then my rise try to move in and they too can force my serenity level down. I have to discard my rights as well as my expectations by asking myself how important is it really? How important is it compared to my serenity, my emotional sobriety? And when I place more value on my serenity and sobriety than anything else, I can maintain them at a higher level, at least for the time being. 
Acceptance is the key to my relationship with God today. I never just sit and do nothing while waiting for Him to tell me what to do. Rather, I do whatever's in front of me to be done and leave the result up to Him. However it turns out, that's God's will for me. I must keep my magic magnifying mind on my acceptance and off my expectations. For my serenity is directly proportional to my level of acceptance. When I remember this, I can see I never had it so good. Thank God for AA. Turn to page 552, please. 552. He said in effect, If you have a resentment you want to be free of, if you will pray for that person or the thing that you resent, you will be free. If you will ask in prayer for everything you want for yourself to be given to them, you will be free. Ask for their health, their prosperity, their happiness, and you will be free. Even when you don't really want it for them and your prayers are only words and you don't mean it. Go ahead and do it anyway. Do it every day for two weeks and you will find you will have come to mean it and want it for them. And you will realize that where you used to feel bitterness and resentment and hatred, you now feel compassionate, understanding, and love. It worked for me then and it has worked for me many times since and it will work for the for me every time I am willing to work it. Sometimes I have to ask first for the willingness, but it too always comes. And because it works for me, it will work for all of us. As another great man says, the only freedom a human being can ever know is doing what you ought to do because you want to do it. This great experience that released me from the bondage of hatred and released it with love is really just another affirmation of the truth I know. I get everything I need in Alcoholic Anonymous, and everything I need I get, and when I get what I need, I am barely find that it was just what I wanted all the time. Page 100. Both you and the new man must walk day by day in the path of spiritual progress. If you persist, remarkable things will happen. When we look back, we realize that the things we came to us when we put ourselves in God's hands were better than anything we could have planned. Follow the dictates of a higher power, and you will presently live in a new and wonderful world, no matter what your present circumstance. Please turn to page 83. If we are painstaking about this phase of our development, we will be amazed before we're halfway through. We are going to know, know a new freedom and a new happiness. We will not regret the past, nor wish to shut the door on it. We will comprehend the word serenity, and we will know peace. No matter how far down the scale we have gone, we will see how our experience can benefit others. That feeling of uselessness and self-pity would disappear. We will lose interest in selfish things and gain interest in ourselves. Self-seeking self -seeking will slip away. Our whole attitude and outlook upon life will change. Fear of people and of economic insecurity will leave us. We will intuitively know how to handle situations we used to baffle us. 
we will suddenly realize that God is doing for us what we cannot do for ourselves. Are these extravagant promises? We think not. They are being fulfilled among us, sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly. They will always materialize if we work for them. Turn to page 85, please. It is easy to lit up on the spiritual program of action and rest on our laurels. We're headed for trouble, we do, for alcohol is a subtle fall. We're not cured of alcoholism, but we really have is a daily reprieve contingent on the maintenance of our spiritual condition. Every day is a day when we must carry the vision of God's will into all our activities. How can I best serve thee? Thy will, not mine, be done. These are thoughts which must go with us constantly. We can exercise our willpower along his line. All we wish it is the proper use of the will. Much has already been said about receiving strength, inspiration, and direction from him who has all knowledge and power. If we have carefully followed the directions, we have begun to sense the flow of his spirit into us. To some extent, we have become God conscious. We have begun to develop this vital sixth sense, but we must go further, and that means more actions. Page 43. Once more, the alcoholic at certain times has no effective mental defense against the first drink, except in a few rare cases. When he nor any other human being can provide such a defense, neither he nor anybody. His defense must come from a higher power. That was page 43. Once more, the alcoholic at certain times has no effective mental defense against the first drink, except in a few rare cases. Neither he nor any other human being can provide such a defense. Our defense, folks, must come from a higher power. Our defense is strengthened in the meetings, secretary, and helping, and reading the literature, taking it with us all, all over. Let's pray for our sobriety. God, I set aside my sobriety into your hands that you may do with it as you will. Relieve me of the Relieve us of the constant fear of the day and help us to focus on our sobriety this day. We put it into your hands, Father, and Lord, that we may forget the past and live in today and enjoy the beauty of this day in recovery. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, family. Thank you for coming on here today. My higher power is Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Uh, he appeared to me many times as I was searching for a higher power. I would ask questions like, is this true? You know, it's the phenomenon of a craving has gone away, but is this, you know, so I asked, will the true God please stand forward, come forward? And for me, I guess it's because I have a Catholic background, you know, uh, there was, uh, I knew who he was, because I knew the many times he was with me in harsh times, and my heart recognized him. When they, when I first came into the program and they said, I walked into the program and they talked about God, I knew who he was, but I couldn't focus on him because life was running so fast, problems, detrimental, and I was just trying to stay alive. But finally, there was a haven, 
that I can settle down and have a relationship with my Creator. And it was cool. It was cool. I accepted all the tenets in the uh, in the Christian stuff. And if my God is worth His salt, He'll come true for me. Do marvelous things for me, unexpected. And the result has been fantastic for me. So I encourage you, the water's fine. Jump in all the way live. And don't doubt like I did. I doubted for so long and stretched the, the situation. Just say yes, 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 150 times a day to your higher power. And if your higher power is worth his salt, He'll come in and demonstrate His love, His omnipotence, His power, and He'll do things for you that you cannot do for yourself, meaning sobriety, lift, fixing the past, fixing the future, and, and having fun in today. Take care. I've gone a little far. Now I'm preaching. I hope the person that needs to hear this can hear it. And our hope is that whatever God they choose is they, they stop the muck and the craziness and become helpful persons to themselves, to the community, to their families, and enjoy how life was created to have our basic needs met. Amen. And one of them is literature and respect and having a God we can rely on and lean on. That's humorous, fun, and a happy God. Thank you much. Careful. Take care. God bless you. Keep coming back. Welcome to today's podcast. 12-step meeting. Reading of Alcoholic Anonymous material. I'm Fernando, alcoholic, your secretary for this meeting. Let's go ahead and open it with a moment of silence followed by the serenity prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change those things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Amen. Let's go ahead and get started. Turn to page 24 in your AA Big Book, please. The paragraph where it starts, the fact is that most alcoholics, for reason yet obscure, have lost the power of choice in drink. Our so-called willpower becomes practically non-existent. We are unable at certain times to bring into our consciousness with sufficient force the memory of the suffering and humiliation of even a week or a month ago. We are without defense against the first drink. The almost certain consequence that follows taking even a glass of beer do not crowd into the mind to deter us. If these thoughts occur, they are hazy and readily supplanted with the old treadbare idea that this time we shall handle ourselves like other people. There is a complete failure of that kind of defense that keeps one from putting his hand on a hot stove. The alcoholic may say to himself in the most casual way, it won't burn me this time. So here's how, or perhaps he doesn't think at all. How often have some of us begun to drink in this nonchalant way and after the third or fourth pounded in the bar and said to ourselves, for God's sake, how did I ever get started again? 
only to have that thought supplanted by, well, I'll stop with the six trick, or what's the use anyhow. When this sort of thinking is fully established in an individual with alcoholic tendencies, he has probably placed himself beyond human aid, and unless locked up, may die or go permanently insane. These stark and ugly facts have been confirmed by legions of alcoholics throughout history. But, for the grace of God, there would have been thousands more convincing demonstrations. So many want to stop, but cannot. There is a solution. Almost none of us like the self-searching, the leveling of our pride, the confession of our shortcomings, which the process requires for a successful consummation. But we saw that it really worked in others. And we have come to believe in the hopelessness and futility of life as we have been living it. When therefore we were approached by those in whom the problem had been solved, there was nothing left for us but to pick up the simple kit of spiritual tools laid at our feet. We have found much of heaven, and we have been rocketed into a fourth dimension of existence of which we have not even dreamed. The great fact is just this and nothing less, that we had had deep and effective spiritual experiences which have revolutionized our whole attitude towards life, toward our fellows, and towards God's universe. The central fact of our life today is the absolute certainty that our Creator has entered into our hearts and lives and lives in a way which is indeed miraculous. He has commenced to accomplish those things for us which we could never do by ourselves. If you are seriously alcoholic as we were, we believe there's no middle of the road solution. We were in a position where life was becoming impossible and if we have passed into the region from which there is no return through human aid, we had but two alternatives. One was to go on to the bitter end, blotting out the consciousness of our intolerable situation as best we could and the other was to accept spiritual help. This we did because we honestly wanted to and were willing to make the effort. This is the how and the why of it. Page 62, please, last paragraph. This is the how and the why of it. First of all, we had to quit playing God. It didn't work. Then we decided that hereafter in this drama of life, God was going to be our director. He is the principal, we are his agents, he is the father, we are his children. Most good ideas are simple, and his concept was the keystone of the new triumphant arch through which we pass through freedom. When we sincerely took such a position, all sorts of remarkable things followed. We had a new employer. Being all-powerful, he provided what we needed. If we kept close to him and performed his work well, Established on such a footing, we became less and less interested in ourselves, our little plans and designs. More and more, we became interested in seeing what we could contribute to life. As we felt new power flow in, as we enjoyed peace of mind, as we discovered we could face life successfully, as we became conscious of His presence, we began to lose our fear of today, tomorrow, or the hereafter. We were reborn. We were now at step three, many of us said to our Maker, as we understood Him, God, 
I offer myself to thee to build with me and to do with me as thou wilt. Relieve me of the bondage of self that I may better do thy will. Take away my difficulty that victory over them may bear witness to those I would help of thy power, thy love, and thy way of life. May I do thy will always. We thought well before taking this step, making sure we were ready, that we could at last abandon ourselves utterly to him. Turn to page 76, please. First paragraph. 76. When ready, we say something like this. My creator, I am now willing that you should have all of me, good and bad. I pray that you now remove from me every single defect of character which stands in the way of my usefulness to you and my fellows. Grant me strength as I go out from here to do your bidding. Amen. We have then completed step seven. Turn to page 86. 86. On awakening, let us think about the 24 hours ahead. We consider our plans for the day. Before we begin, we ask God to direct our thinking, especially asking that it be divorced from self-pity, dishonest, or self-seeking motives. Under these conditions, we can employ our mental faculties with assurance. For after all, God gave us brains to use. Our thought life will be placed on a much higher plane when our thinking is clear of wrong motives. In thinking about our day, we may face indecision. We may not be able to determine which course to take. Here we ask God for inspiration, an intuitive thought, or a decision. We relax and take it easy. We don't struggle. We are often surprised how the right answers come after we have tried this for a while. What used to be the hunch or the occasional inspiration gradually becomes a working part of the mind. Being still inexperienced and having just made conscious contact with God, it is not probable that we are going to be inspired at all times. We might pay for this presumption in all sorts of observed ideas and actions. Nevertheless, we find that our thinking will, as time passes, be more and more on the plane of inspiration. We come to rely upon it. We usually conclude the period of meditation with a prayer that we be shown all through the day what our next step is to be, that we be given whatever we need to take care of such problems. We ask especially for freedom from self-will and are careful to make no requests for ourselves only. We may ask for ourselves, however, if others will be helped. We are careful never to pray for our own selfish ends. Many of us have wasted a lot of time doing that and it doesn't work and you can easily see why. If circumstances warrant, we ask our wives or friends to join us in morning meditation. If we belong to a religious denomination, which requires a definite morning devotion, we attend to that also. If not members of religious body, we sometimes select and memorize a few said prayers which emphasize the principles we have been discussing. There are many helpful books also. Suggestions about these may be obtained from one's priest, minister, or rabbi. Be quick to see where religious people are right 
Make use of what they offer. As we go through the day, we pause when agitated or doubtful and ask for the right thought or action. We constantly remind ourselves we are no longer running the show. Humbly saying to ourselves many times each day, Thy will be done. We are then in much less danger of excitement, fear, anger, worry, self-pity, or foolish decisions. We become much more efficient. We do not tire so easily. We are not burning up energy foolishly as we did when we were trying to arrange life to suit ourselves. It works. It really does. Let's turn to page 416 in the big book, please. It helped me a great deal to become convinced that alcoholism was a disease, not a moral issue, that I have been drinking as a result of a compulsion, even though I have not been aware of the compulsion at that time, and that sobriety was not a matter of willpower. The people of AA had something that looked much better than what I had, but I was afraid to let go of what I had in order to try something new. There was a certain sense of security in the familiar. At last, acceptance proved to be the key to my drinking problem. After I'd been around AA for seven months, tapering off alcohol and pills, not finding the program working very well, I was finally able to say, Okay, God, it is true that I, of all people, strange as it may seem, and even though I didn't give my permission, really, really am an alcoholic of sorts. And it's all right with me. Now, what am I going to do about it? When I stopped living in the problem and began living in the answer, the problem went away. From that moment on, I have not had a single compulsion to drink. And acceptance is the answer to all my problems today. When I am disturbed, it is because I find some person, place, thing, or situation, some fact of my life, unacceptable to me. And I can find no serenity until I accept that person, place, thing, or situation as being exactly the way it's supposed to be at this moment. Nothing, absolutely nothing happens in God's world by mistake. <clears throat> Unless I could accept my alcoholism, I cannot stay sober. Unless I accept life, completely in life terms, I cannot be happy. I need to concentrate not so much on what needs to be changed in the world as on what needs to be changed in me and in my attitudes. Then one day I was told, <clears throat> page 419 please, then one day in AA I was told that I had the lenses and my glasses backwards. The courage to change the serenity prayer meant not that I should change my wife, but rather that I should change myself and learn to accept my spouse as she was. AA has given me a new pair of glasses. I can again focus on my wife's good qualities and watch them grow, grow, and grow. I can do the same thing for an AA meeting. The more I focus my mind on its defects, they start drunk luck logs, cigarette smoke, the worse the meeting becomes. But when I try to see what I can add to the meeting, rather than what I can get out of it, and when I focus my mind on what's good about it, rather than what's wrong with it, the meeting keeps getting better and better. When I focus on what's good today, I have a good day. 
And when I focus on what's bad, I have a bad day. If I focus on a problem, the problem increases. If I focus on the answer, the answer increases. Page 420, please. Perhaps the best thing of all for me is to remember that my serenity is inversely proportional to my expectations. The higher my expectations of people are, the lower is my serenity. I can watch my serenity level rise when I discard my expectations. But then my rise try to move in and they too can force my serenity level down. I have to discard my rise as well as my expectations by asking myself how important is it really? How important is it compared to my serenity, my emotional sobriety? And when I place more value on my serenity and sobriety than anything else, I can maintain them at a higher level, at least for the time being. Acceptance is the key to my relationship with God today. I never just sit and do nothing while waiting for Him to tell me what to do. Rather, I do whatever's in front of me to be done and leave the result up to Him. However it turns out, that's God's will for me. I must keep my magic magnifying mind on my acceptance and off my expectations. For my serenity is directly proportional to my level of acceptance. When I remember this, I can see I never had it so good. Thank God for AA. Turn to page 552, please. 552. He said, in effect, if you have a resentment you want to be free of, if you will pray for that person or the thing that you resent, you will be free. If you will ask in prayer for everything you want for yourself to be given to them, you will be free. Ask for their health, their prosperity, their happiness, and you will be free. Even when you don't really want it for them and your prayers are only words and you don't mean it. Go ahead and do it anyway. Do it every day for two weeks and you will find you will have come to mean it and want it for them. And you will realize that where you used to feel bitterness and resentment and hatred, you now feel compassionate, understanding, and love. It worked for me then, and it has worked for me many times since, and it will work for, the, for me every time I am willing to work it. Sometimes I have to ask first for the willingness, but it too always comes. And because it works for me, it will work for all of us. As another great man says, The only freedom a human being can ever know is doing what you ought to do because you want to do it. This great experience that released me from the bondage of hatred and released it with love is really just another affirmation of the truth I know. I get everything I need in Alcoholic Anonymous and everything I need I get and when I get what I need, I am barely find that it was just what I wanted all the time. Page 100. Both you and the new man must walk day by day in the path of spiritual progress. If you persist, remarkable things will happen. When we look back, we realize that the things which came to us when we put ourselves in God's hands were better than anything we could have planned. Follow the dictates of a higher power, and you will presently live in a new and wonderful world, no matter what your present circumstance. Please turn to page 83. 
If we are painstaking about this phase of our development, we will be amazed before we're halfway through. We are going to know, know a new freedom and a new happiness. We will not regret the past nor wish to shut the door on it. We will comprehend the word serenity and we will know peace. No matter how far down the scale we have gone, we will see how our experience can benefit others. That feeling of uselessness and self-pity will disappear. We will lose interest in selfish things and gain interest in ourselves. Self-seeking, self-seeking will slip away. Our whole attitude and outlook upon life will change. Fear of people and of economic insecurity will leave us. We will intuitively know how to handle situations we used to baffle us. We will suddenly realize that God is doing for us what we cannot do for ourselves. Are these extravagant promises? We think not. They are being fulfilled among us, sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly. They will always materialize if we work for them. Turn to page 85, please. It is easy to lit up on the spiritual program of action and rest on our laurels. We're headed for trouble we do, for alcohol is a subtle fool. We're not cured of alcoholism. What we really have is a daily reprieve contingent on the maintenance of our spiritual condition. Every day is a day when we must carry the vision of God's will into all our activities. How can I best serve thee? Thy will, not mine, be done. These are thoughts which must go with us constantly. We can exercise our willpower along this line. All we wish it is the proper use of the will. Much has already been said about receiving strength, inspiration, and direction from Him who has all knowledge and power. If we have carefully followed directions, we have begun to sense the flow of His Spirit into us. To some extent, we have become God-conscious. We have begun to develop this vital sixth sense, but we must go further, and that means more actions. Page 43. Once more, the alcoholic at certain times has no effective mental defense against the first drink, except in a few rare cases, when he nor any other human being can provide such a defense, neither he nor anybody. His defense must come from a higher power. That was page 43. Once more, the alcoholic at certain times has no effective mental defense against the first drink, except in a few rare cases. Neither he nor any other human being can provide such a defense. Our defense, folks, must come from a higher power. Our defense is strengthened in the meetings, secretary, and helping, and reading the literature, taking it with us all, all over. Let's pray for our sobriety. God, I set aside my sobriety into your hands that you may do with it as you will. Relieve me of the relieve us of the constant fear of the day and help us to focus on our sobriety this day. We put it into your hands, Father, and Lord, that we may forget the past and live in today and enjoy the beauty of this day in recovery. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, family. Thank you for coming on here today. My higher power is Jesus Christ of Nazareth. 
Uh, he appeared to me many times as I was searching for a higher power. I would ask questions like, is this true? You know, it's the phenomenon of a craving has gone away, but is this, you know, so I asked, will the true God please stand forward, come forward? And for me, I guess it's because I have a Catholic background, you know, uh, there was, uh, I knew who he was because I knew the many times he was with me in harsh times and my heart recognized him. When they, when I first came into the program and they said, I walked into the program and they talked about God, I knew who he was, but I couldn't focus on him because life was running so fast, problems, detrimental, and I was just trying to stay alive. But finally, there was a haven that I can settle down and have a relationship with my creator. And it was cool. It was cool. I accepted all the tenets in the uh, in the Christian stuff. And if my God is worth his salt, he'll come true for me. Do marvelous things for me, unexpected. And the result has been fantastic for me. So I encourage you, the water's fine. Jump in all the way live. And... Don't doubt like I did. I doubted for so long and stretched the, the situation. Just say yes, 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 150 times a day to your higher power. And if your higher power is worth his salt, he'll come in and demonstrate his love, his omnipotence, his power, and he'll do things for you that you cannot do for yourself. Meaning sobriety, lift fixing the past, fixing the future, and having fun in today. Take care. I've gone a little far. Now I'm preaching. I hope the person that needs to hear this can hear it. And our hope is that whatever God they choose is they, they stop the muck and the craziness and become helpful persons to themselves, to the community, to their families, and enjoy how life was created to have our basic needs met. Amen. And one of them is literature and respect and having a God we can rely on and lean on. That's humorous, fun, and a happy God. Thank you much. Careful. Take care. God bless you. Keep coming back. Mm-hmm.